gentlemen, welcome to Eat, Sleep, Suplex Retweet. Welcome to <laughs> Hello and welcome to ESSR Central. I am your host, David Campbell. Good to be here. Good to be amongst friends uh, on Central. But remember, Central isn't the only show in this network. Your feature show comes out every Tuesday. Uh, the gang just released an amazing show uh, on Shinsuke Nakamura. Surprised they didn't have me on for my, my Japanese wrestling expertise, but that's by the by, and I am by, and we shall also talk about the YouTube channel. Uh, I love the YouTube channel, uh, mainly because I'm on it quite a bit. Check out Book It, check out The Conspiracy Theory, and also check out Quiz Showdown, a show um, that both these guys on the panel with me are familiar with. Go and check out our social media, Twitter, Facebook, everything. Go and check it all out. It's nearly Christmas time. I'm going to be really nice. This guy, the first guy, been here since day one. Uh, one of the co-hosts of Saturday Draft Live does a great job on that show every single week. It is David Hockney. How are you, Dave? I am good, Goat. How are you? I'm good, man. Tired. I think we've all reached the end of our end of our tether a wee bit, you know, with uh, this working year. So can't wait to get into the Christmas holidays, get a wee lie in you know what I mean mm-hmm. yeah I know exactly what you mean I think 2020's took its toll on all of us and I think we're just glad to see the back of it now definitely as you can tell even more so my excitement uh, is fake today <laughs> trying to keep up the energy levels I'm also joined by a man one of my wish lists uh, for 2021 is that the retro reviews come back it's one of my favourite sh- uh, things about Patreon and Extra uh, discovering the attitude era something I'm not very familiar with it is Ross Ross how are you I'm good. Uh, I mean, among friends, I think it's a bit strong. I don't recall saying any of us are friends. Um, I see you both as a, well, a burden, to be quite frank with you. But, a burden. Uh, a burden. Wow. Bug over here. The retro review was meant to be coming back in November, but I, much like many a person before me, vastly underestimated the workload in the first year of uni compared to college. <laughs> so um, it is currently on a break, and you'll see it when I get a moment to breathe. Nice, nice, I love it. Uh, speaking of breathing, uh, people go to WrestleMania, they breathe, they shout, they cheer, they do everything, uh, and they do segues there that are a lot better than mine. Uh, we do have a rumoured uh, list of WrestleMania matches. Um, I'm going to come to you with the first one. It's a big one. It's a triple threat. Uh, we've seen a history of big triple threats at WrestleMania for the title. This one, no exception, WWE Championship. Drew McIntyre rumoured to defend against Keith Lee and Brock Lesnar. David Hockney, I'm going to come to you. What's mm. your thoughts on that rumoured triple threat matchup for WrestleMania? I mean, star power is certainly there. You know, Drew has been a fantastic WWE champion all year round. I think he's rightly earned to go into WrestleMania instead of being the challenger this year, uh, you know, going as the champion. Uh, Brock Lesnar, it doesn't really surprise me because, you know, Vince likes to always, you know, pull out the, the checkbook when it comes to the big shows. Uh, but Keith Lee, you know, when I first saw that, that gave me the first indication that, you know, Keith Lee could be a hot pick to, to win the Royal Rumble this year. But... Yeah. Given the you know other stories that have come out this week, I've started to, to question it a little bit. So that makes me wonder: what if Brock Lesnar actually ends up winning his second Royal Rumble and become joins that elite group of superstars? That's interesting, Ross. What's your thoughts on the match overall? First, and do you think out of Keith Lee and Brock Lesnar, who has the best chance of winning the Rumble match? Do you think? Oh, I, I don't know. WWE have a history of kind of just 
deciding, oh, let's just annoy everybody. <laughs> um, you know, in recent years with the, the men's and the women's rumbles, they have had that option to basically go, right, what we'll do is we'll put this one on first, the fans will boo it, and then we'll give them a good winner at the end of the night, you know, yeah. and certainly last year, Charlotte Flair. Um, <laughs> you know, a lot of fans felt she was overpushed, felt she was a bit overexposed, she wins the rumble, but don't worry, Drew McIntyre's winning it later in the night. Yeah. Um, I, I don't see the the huffiness. Everyone always goes, oh, part-timers, part-timers, and then Sting pops up in AEW, and it's like, yes, oh. <laughs> part-timers, here we go. Like, look, I want my part-timers to wrestle, so, you know, it's why I've kind of made peace with the fact that if The Rock's not going to come back for a SmackDown anniversary show, I kind of just don't want them there to say, hi, I'm The Rock, here's my catchphrase. I get you, yeah. So, I don't mind Brock Lesnar being in the match. Keith Lee, imagine Keith Lee wins the match, right? Pins Brock Lesnar, instant star. Yeah. Then he goes into a feud with Drew McIntyre, and the feud with Drew McIntyre is, well, actually, you didn't pin me. He pins the guy who's been WWE's top guy since January of 2019. So this will be what? Say it's the pay-per-view after this, I mean, it'll be May 2021. So a man who's been WWE's top star since, for what, eight, just under 18 months? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Keith Lee pins him. Keith Lee's already beat Randy Orton. Keith Lee's already been the guy who's the double champion in NXT. But all of that will pale in comparison to the fact that if he does this. So I really don't see the problem. Plus, it's David said that the checkbook gets broken out at WrestleMania. Mm. WrestleMania to me screams big matches. Like, backlash, you can have one-on-one matches for the WWE title. You know, WrestleMania, you cram everything in. You know what I mean? It's, it's excess. It's over the top. It's the Super Bowl. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, you know, why not? Why not? Uh, why not is the question and I think we're on the complete same page here Um, thinking very very similar to you I think Brock Lesnar proved to me as if he needs to prove anything to anyone but that last Royal Rumble performance showed what Brock Lesnar can do he was in that how long was he in that match you know he was in it for the first half of it a a very considerable Mm -hmm. amount of time Brock Lesnar is a good wrestler Brock Lesnar is a good star and I have missed the presence of Brock Lesnar being there like don't forget the start of 2020 that man appeared on Raw most weeks and it was extremely entertaining and we're going to talk about the downfall of Raw later in this show I think it's because they don't have the star power of Brock Lesnar and you can say what you like about McIntyre versus Lee I like Drew McIntyre I love Keith Lee but in terms of mainstream appeal that's not a Wrestlemania match that is going to get diehard like old fans you know buying back in add Brock Lesnar to the mix you get those old fans back you do get that audience who knows him from his UFC run as well it's beyond a shadow of a doubt you can't debate the star power of Lesnar but Dave do you think are you slightly more negative towards Lesnar's involvement than me and Ross are being? Well I, I can see where the fans frustrations come from it's like you know this is like oh we've seen we've, also, we've always seen this before but we've made this argument before that Brock Lesnar is a massive draw. No, not just because of his past in WWE, but because of his mainstream attention in UFC and elsewhere. And as you said before, you know his performance in the twi- in last in this year's Royal Rumble. God, it feels like oh no, two years ago. But yeah, yeah, his performance in this year's Men's Royal Rumble from the number one spot, he made it to halfway, eliminated absolutely everybody. Like stuff like that doesn't go unnoticed. And you know people can complain, you know maybe more about Goldberg and stuff. You know, you know taking the taking the universal title from the fiend but i think brock lesnar is a lot more acceptable in the eyes of the fans purely because 
you know, he's that entertaining, you know, just because he has a handful of moves and he only does, you know, five minutes or less in a ring, mm -hmm. it's still yeah. memorable. Like, you know, it's 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 good to see him in action and it's good to see him go up against some of the big hitters that WWE has to offer. Like, in particular, he had that interaction with Keith Lee when Keith was a surprise entrant in the Rumble. Yeah, definitely. And we go to the other world title, Ross, I'll come to you. Roman Reigns' uh, path to Mania is a little less clear. There were rumours for a long time about The Rock. Goldberg put his name in the hat in the bump. Um, uh, 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 and then I've seen <laughs> Daniel Bryan thrown around. I've seen Big E thrown around. But, Ross, what do you think? Make a prediction here. What's going to be Roman's uh, WrestleMania opponent by the time we get uh, to the showcase of the Immortals? Goldberg's been on WWE TV, Goldberg's referenced it, you know they do not reference anything on WWE TV unless it's actually going to happen. Mm. So, yeah, and I know people can go, but what about this, what about this, plans change, we know Vince McMahon takes a sharpie to the, the show 10 minutes before it goes on air, you know what I mean? <laughs> but... <laughs> I don't know, maybe I'm just nostalgic. I love Goldberg. I can see why other people don't like Goldberg. And as to what something David alluded to, you know, Brock Lesnar might only do five moves in five minute matches, but the difference between Brock Lesnar and Goldberg is Brock Lesnar's character dictates that he wrestles in this way. Mm -hmm. And he can change it up. He can, you know, he can do a bit of comedy wrestling. He can do a bit of, a bit yeah. of fun messing around. We've seen that with our truth Goldberg can't. Goldberg is, you know, he's always rumoured to have been dangerous in the ring. We saw the match with The Undertaker, you know. We saw poor Dolph Ziggler nearly get concussed at SummerSlam. It's hilarious as it was. Um, <laughs> but, you know, Goldberg is limited to certain moves and certain time constraints. Brock Lesnar is not. So that's why I don't understand the backlash towards Lesnar, but I can understand the backlash to Goldberg. At the same time, when I hear Goldberg's music and I see him walk it through the fire, I'm like, it's on, here we go. So I'm not going to sit here and say, like, I don't want yeah. it. Aye. I'm, I'm, com I'm from the era where Goldberg was a non-factor for me. I started watching 2006. To me, also, Goldberg isn't as mainstream a name who will get buys in as a Lesnar, as a Rock, as even a Triple H. You know, I'd argue that in terms of the part-timers that WWE likes to bring in, his star power isn't quite up there. Dave, out of the other names that were mentioned, who would you like to see go up against Roman Reigns the most for the world title at Mania? See, that's a tricky one because ever since Goldberg threw his name into the hat, it actually sort of went straight to the forefront, given that, you know, Roman versus Goldberg was meant to happen this year. Mm. Uh, and I, I get, you know, they're trying to push Big E as a, as a singles guy, but I don't know. I mean, as much as I'd like to see it, I, I just think there's that X factor that's missing from that from that feud. Because I, I'm not really sure how these two could click in a singles feud uh, in the same way that, you know, say Roman and Goldberg could. And yeah. I know they're all about for making big stars and that, you know, making big new single stars of tomorrow. But they did it brilliantly with Drew this year when he went up against Brock. But I, now that Goldberg's sort of been thrown out there, I honestly can't see anybody else who's going to top it given that that was the original plan earlier this year. So I think, uh, if I was to make an early prediction, I think either Brock or Keith is going to mm. win the Rumble. They'll challenge Drew. Okay. And uh, Roman will get Goldberg because he, in two ways, because it was meant, I think it was originally meant to happen. 
and it's a money making match right there. Yeah, I agree with you. And from she, WrestleMania, oh sorry, last time you go. <laughs> she, um, <laughs> no, it's, I forgot my point as well. Just give me a wee second, just to recalibrate. <laughs> See the thing <laughs> the, with Goldberg. I don't. Um, one of the reasons I don't particularly want him to be there is because Goldberg has lost quite a bit in his recent WWE history. Goldberg's never been a guy to lose. Goldberg's never just been a guy. When you beat Goldberg, it was either a big deal or you did it by nefarious means. You know, cattle prod, the rest of evolution, sledgehammer, you know, whatever it is. I would much prefer Goldberg to do maybe big four pay-per-views where they don't maybe have a hook and the Saudi shows against people like, say, a Miz, a Dolph Ziggler, a Jinder Mahal, heels where it doesn't really matter if he squashes them in 10 minutes. Yeah. And then maybe give them, say, say you have someone like, uh, I'll, I'll throw a name, it's Shinsuke Nakamura. Say Shinsuke Nakamura was to win a world title at a Royal Rumble one year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the fans were maybe like, oh, well, the damage has been done, the damage has been done. And you maybe have Goldberg, who's on a six-match winning streak over like two and a bit years, winning yeah. the Battle Royal, shit like that at WrestleMania. And then you have him go up against Nakamura, and Nakamura beats him, and then Nak- Goldberg can retire on, you know, hey, uh, yeah. uh, he, he's done say, seven matches, he's won six of them, he's built up to go into this world title feud, and then, you know, he, he moves on and he puts someone, doesn't have to be Nakamura, just that's a name I just put out there, it legitimizes yeah. someone who is already a champion instead of having to win the title to then drop it to someone else. No, I completely get you. And I think it's a good point that just their utilisation of Goldberg hasn't helped the man, but at the same time, the man doesn't exactly fill me with much joy either. So <laughs> it's a bit of a double-edged uh, sword for me when I'm just like, uh, I don't know. But anyway, there was a report by WrestleVotes this week in our next news story where a group of writers in WWE were asked to make a list uh, of underutilised talents. The list was wide-ranging, they said, but everyone named these guys I'm about to uh, name to you here. Cesaro, no surprise there. Angel Garza, yes mm-hmm. please. Chad Gable, Carmella and Peyton Royce. Um, Dave, come to you here. Which name on that list uh, fills you with the most excitement? Who would you like to see get pushed most out of those guys? Cesaro. Like, there's no, there's no two ways about it. Wait, the fans have been screaming for Cesaro to get a singles push if, since maybe 2014, maybe even earlier. Like, the guy is an absolute superhuman when it comes to the ring. It's just, maybe it's his character that lets him down, I don't know. But see, when he was with Sheamus in the bar, he was very, very entertaining. And I've watched him on Up, Up, Down, Down many a times. He has got a big personality behind uh, the man he portrays in the ring. Like... He's got skills that will, you know, last him for a lifetime. He's got all the, the, the attributes of a world title contender. I, I honestly don't see why WWE hasn't pushed him any sooner because, all he's he's just been basically relegated to the the tag team division and he's only ever had one mid card title reign and that was at the very start in 2012 yeah. when he defeated Santino for the Intercontinental title. So. There is a ton of potential for Cesaro, but they just don't seem like WWE just doesn't want to pull the trigger on him. And the fans, you know, they've been behind him since the very start. So I don't see any reason why they shouldn't be pushing Cesaro to the moon right now. The fans are behind him. Apparently the writers are behind him, but Ross, the top brass are are most certainly not. Uh, What do you think about Dave's points about Cesaro and who else in that list would you like to bring up here? 
Well, just because Dave's a statesman and I'm wearing my glasses, I'm pushing my glasses up like a big nerd here to go, Archula Cesaro won the United States title, not the Intercontinental title. <laughs> That's how pedantic right. I'm being. All right. All right. <laughs> That's what three days in isolation has done to me. I'm a pedantic prick now. Um, <laughs> no, um, I, I agree with everything Dave says um, about Cesaro, about how the fans have been. He's a wrestling fan's wrestler. He is a wrestler's wrestler, he would be the top guy in a TNA, a Ring of Honor. Um, if Cody would move out of the way and give someone else screen time, he could probably be a top guy in AEW. Um, but he's not hes not a WWE guy, and by that I don't mean any disrespect to Cesaro or WWE, I just mean that WWE is a bit more flair and panache, and yeah, he can do these things off the cuff on like up, up, down, down and all that, but he's not, like, he's looking at, his look as very straightforward, you know, you could say, yeah. so The Rock, but you know, The Rock just had that presence, Cesaro, for a WWE wrestler, I think it's just missing something, that being said, if he won the WWE title, I certainly wouldn't complain, he'd been, mm. you know, in for some great matches, he has had great matches, and I do think he is worth more. Maybe only the only, world title, the only world title opportunity he's had, I believe, was in 2014 when he competed in the Elimination Chamber. I don't think he's ever had a one-on-one world title match before. Yeah, beat Randy Orton yeah. when Orton was champion on SmackDown and lead up to that as well. Uh-huh. Yeah, he was in the Money in the Bank world title match that year. Oh, yes. But he's, was, yeah. he's never, as Dave said, had a one-on-one match. Not to, not to my knowledge, anyway. Um, Chad Gable's an interesting one, you know, we, we thought, you know, we kind of just grinned and bared the shorty G thing, the simple fact. Um, we thought that would get him on TV, and we thought that would get him a push, and then all it led to was a squash match against Sheamus. Yeah. Um, I like the idea of him recruiting someone like an Otis who's sort of lost at the minute, and making him as like elite athlete sort of thing. Mm. His, you know, his bodyguard basically to get him ahead. And then you could maybe break them off and have like the big blow off of say, say he's holding the you know the US, the IC, the twenty four seven title. You know what I mean? That that could be quite an interesting story. Carmela, I think, is a weird one on the list. She's I agree. To, she's always been utilised. You know, she's broken out from you know Enzo and Cash. She had the Money in the Bank run, which was very entertaining. She had the Ellsworth run, very entertaining. Mm. Her women's title run. Although no great matches, no fault of her own, you know, the matches were booked horrendously. Was entertaining. The twenty four seven stuff, brilliant. You know, that that that's why I think the R Truth stuff's old hat now, because it was a double act. Mm. And when yeah. she's not there, it loses something. Um but yeah, I, I, and she's got this new character, she's going for a women's title match. I don't know why she's on the list for underutilized. I agreed with that. Uh, that's that's the one that I flagged up before the start of the show because I was like, I agree with you. She's always been there or thereabouts, um, and I don't know how much further they could push her because of her limitations in the ring. And I'm not saying she's a bad worker, but she's not on the level. I don't think of the more elite workers in the women's division in WWE at the time. Dave, what do you think about Carmella? Yeah, I think her new character was probably much needed because, you know, the whole fabulous character, I think it was still in the shadow of Enzo and Cass, almost as if she was living in the past when it comes to her her character. And as you said, you know, her in-ring skills weren't really on par to that with those of, say, like Charlotte Flair or Becky Lynch at the time when, you know, the women's money in the bank first became a thing. Yeah. I think what's really helping her nowadays is that this 
whole new character, the untouchable Carmela, she seems more like a legitimate threat because she portrays that in her promos. And her in-ring work's been slowly getting better. Like that title match she had with Sasha Banks on SmackDown last week. I, I think she did a really good sort of uh, reversal into the Code of Silence, which I thought was was quite cool. And yeah. the, the whole... Using the taking a page out of Chris Jericho's book and using a little bit of the bubbly as a prop is, uh, uh, I think it's quite a, a nice addition to it. I, yeah. just, I think she just needs to grow in the role a bit more, you know, become more of that really obnoxious, pompous heel that I think is what makes a really good women's champion. Doesn't need to, doesn't always need to necessarily be about you know in ring skills. I think if the character's there, it's half the battle won for her. Yeah, and we're going to take a brief second each of us to name someone not on the list who we feel personally is underutilised in WWE. I'll start us off uh, by showing you her resume. Alright, <laughs> it shows that she's a, a podcast host can can come and do the talking with you, Mr. Cole. And Billy Kay has to has to just be pushed to the moon and back. Give her the Universal title, give her the WWE title, rechristen the big gold belt, the Billy K Championship, and strap it around that woman's waist because, honest to goodness, there has not been a wrestler for a long time who has been so consistently entertaining every time they've been on screen. So, if they can give her something at substantial, even if that is a general manager role or something like that I don't even need to see Billy Kay compete in matches every week I just need to see her in a prominent role in the show every week uh, but Dave who's your pick here? Uh, for me it's got to be Nikki Cross like you know I mean she what she had with Alexa Bliss in the tag team was pretty good you know so they were a, a solid tag team in the women's division but now that Alexa Bliss has been paired off with The Fiend it's she, uh, Nikki just seems a bit lost now. And to think back in NXT, you know, she was part of Sanity. She was having women's championships matches with Asuka. Like, last women's standing is matches as well. I think that was the that was the first last women's standing match in mm -hmm. WWE. Like, she's... This is the kind of boundaries I think, you know, she should be uh, kind of breaking. You know, this is the tier she should be competing at. But she just hadn't seemed to got the ball rolling again ever since, you know, splitting up from Alexa Bliss. You know, if she, I think if she brought back that, that insanely lunatic personality that she had when she was a part of Sanity, I think yeah. she would get very much over with the crowd the same way that, you know, she did with the NXT crowd. But at the moment, I That's think, yeah, her and also Big Demo are being wasted heavily, uh, both on NXT and uh, Raw. Interesting, interesting. Ross, we come to you. Who's your pick then for underutilised talent in WWE? Well, let me just say, I think the reason the NXT Nikki Cross got over is because she was never put near a microphone because she's absolutely horrendous. Uh, <laughs> oh my God, our acting skills range from that of the table I'm currently sitting at. Lexi. And, Lexi. Oh, Lexi, you're my best pal, Lexi. <laughs> She's like a minor character in River City. She's horrendous. <laughs> <laughs> the, Stephen the Stephen Pudden of WWE. Um, <laughs> oh my God. Can you, imagine her in, can you imagine her in an episode of Still Game as well? I think she'd fit right in. Yeah, the Stephen Pudden of WWE, but not quite as short. Um, I think I'm going to go, you know what? I'm, people might be going, oh God, and it's the curse of this guy and all that. But see the fact that Dolph Ziggler was not made the second Shawn Michaels, and I'm not talking about. I, I'm not talking about now. I'm talking about back in 2011. You know, we should be looking at Dolph Ziggler now as a multi-time world champion. Mm. He's good on the mic. He's certainly carrying Bobby Roode on the mic. Um, 
I, I just, I, it, it baffles me every time I see it, and it just, it makes me kind of sad to see him now, not because, oh God, you're back, it's just because, yeah. I know he's going to lose, like, other than Big Show, does anyone have a worse win-loss record <laughs> for title matches than Dolph Ziggler? I think not, uh, and I alluded to him earlier, Nakamura, I think Nakamura yeah, is vastly underutilised. I honestly think it's a shame that they just drop the titles to New Day only to then lose, only for New Day to like switch titles with Street Profits. Yeah. I think Nakamura and Shinsuke were showing up on Raw at that time. Mm-hmm. I think they could have easily cost the Street Profits the Raw titles. The New Day could have won them in Raw and Street Profits could have came over to SmackDown and had a feud with them. I think that's a missed opportunity. Um, so Shinsuke Nakamura, vastly underutilised, and back in the day, Dolph Ziggler, underutilised. Shinsuke Nakamura, you fucking doughball, but we're moving on. See, <laughs> 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 uh, so something that could be, Ross, you've been known in the past, you know, uh, when people have been sort of angry about stuff, namely me, the angriest man on the planet, uh, to say, you know, let's chill out, let's chill out, and that was the case this week. Uh, in the ESSR group chat when news broke that uh, guys were getting sent back down to the performance centre uh, apparently Vince McMahon threw a bit of a tizzy backstage over the <laughs> over the wrestling skills of some of the roster we've seen Otis uh, getting sent back down you know mm-hmm. uh, we've seen um, AJ Styles' friend um Omar, is it? Omos? Omos, yeah. Omos. What a, what a crap name, but it, that that's beside the point. The other, one of the other major name that got sent down that really caused a stir was Keith Lee. Um, and a lot of people were not happy about Vince's apparent slight on this man. Um, going back to NXT to get trained by uh, Adam Pearce and Drew Gulag. Uh, of all people, which is a fun little fact there, um, Dave Hockney himself. Uh, Ross, what's your what's your thoughts on this? Start us off, can we? Right. Well, I, I, you know what I think because not for any other reason other than I need to plug my laptop into charge. Dave should go first if he feels slighted, <laughs> and I will char- I will charge my laptop and then come back to you. So, Dave, the floor is yours. Right, so go for it, man. Like, see when I heard, like, obviously Keith Lee was um, getting sent back to the performance center i i thought to myself what is wrong with these people because I've, have you seen them on nxt and yeah. matches with dominic dajakovic like five star matches from mm-hmm. two big men and even mark henry said it best like these guys are redefining what big men can do in the ring yeah. and i really hate how they've they basically put a filter on keith lee because the guy just oozes charisma and they they had to make him change his attire. They made him change his theme music. Like they, yep. basically, they basically just had to cover him up because of him being such a such a big fella. But where there was no complaints about it in NXT whatsoever. Sure, he's a big guy, but my god, he move, he does like so many things that are better than half that half the roster can can achieve. And yeah. there is a reason he became the double champion in NXT. Like because the man is good at what he does. And for Vince to just look at him and think, no, you're going to wear a, a singlet from now on and we're going to take away your, your awesome theme music just to knock you down a few pegs and we're going to make you yeah. lose handicap matches to The Miz and John Morrison. It's it's damn insulting to do this to a guy who, at one point when he was called up to the roster, yeah. he, he was, like some articles were quoting, that he was going to get pushed to the moon. Like, why the, the sudden U-turn all of a sudden? I think it, it, the thing is, I actually 
I'll I'll play the fence a bit before we go to Ross because I get it. Like Vince is known for overreacting, and it could just be the case of of that. But I think it it speaks to the frustration with the treatment of Keith Lee overall. All those things that we were worried about mounting up, the music, the gear, the sort of fading into relative obscurity on Monday Night Raw, not sure what was going to happen, if he was going to go down the same route of NXT, guys. Does Vince really get Keith Lee was the question. And if he's saying, if, if this report is to be believed that he's for a tizzy and he doesn't really understand Keith Lee and the way that we've seen Keith Lee, you know, perform in NXT and on the independent circuit, then I do think there is legitimate concerns to be had here because, like we said earlier in the show, rumoured for a big main event spot at WrestleMania. If Vince Sowers on him, does that happen? Does the prophecy that Ross delivered earlier in the show of all these great things in store for Keith Lee, does that go up in smoke, as Trish Stratus used to say? Just like that. Ross, the floor is yours with the laptop charged. Uh, yes, hello, how are you? Hi. Uh, hello. <laughs> one, um, just to pick up a couple of points, Keith Lee's music changed just like everyone else's music's changed because WWE's not with CFO anymore, so they're kind of not giving them any royalties, they've just changed all the music. Keith Lee has came out and said his new, new music that he recorded himself, he prefers because he done it himself, much like he did in Independence, so I don't think that's an issue. Single it over trunks, not really an issue to me, to be honest. You know, Kurt Angle wore a singlet and he was probably the most in shape rep. So that to me isn't an issue. Uh, plus a lot of wrestlers want to change up their look. He was recently the subject of a WWE Chronicle. You see him talking to Vince McMahon backstage and he says to him, like, you see Vince talking to him, he goes, he goes, I've got you here. I need you here. Look what I've got here. Look what I've got. I've got something great here. And he said, Keith Lee says in the documentary, Vince McMahon's got me want to go squat 600 pounds right now. It gets your adrenaline pumping. Vince McMahon, I don't think threw a tizzy over Keith Lee. I think the, the thing said, Vince McMahon threw a fit over certain wrestlers' abilities. And because Keith Lee's the best one that's been sent back, everyone's thought he said Keith Lee's jobby. He's not said that. He's There's been rumours that Otis is unsafe. Almost has not been fully, he's not had a match yet. He's working in a bodyguard role. You have to feel that he'll maybe be either turning on AJ or being in a tag team with AJ or like doing AJ's dirty work at some point in the future. He'll need to be ring ready. And when Vince McMahon goes, I've got you here, I need you here because look what I have. Drew Gulak and Adam Pearce are sensational mat wrestlers. Keith Lee is a great high flyer. He is a great big man. He is a great powerhouse. He is charismatic as you know what. Mm. But he is not a chain wrestler, a Daniel Bryan style wrestler. And his whole gimmick is this five-tool player. Mm. This, you know, this guy who can do anything. You want me to do it, I can do it. We even saw Big Show, for Christ's sake, pull out chain wrestling from time to time. Mm. Yeah. So, to me, it was kind of thrown into the Orton uh, Drew McIntyre feud to make him look bigger, which yeah. was only ever going to go one way because he wasn't going to win the WWE title straight away. Uh, he was on Team Raw. He had a great showing. He's going up against Miz and Morrison. Yes, he's losing, but it's two on one and to nefarious means. It's not as if he's lost to the Singh brothers. He's lost to a multi-time <laughs> tag IC world champions, Miz and John Morrison. 
So I really don't see what the, the hubbub is. It is usually just wrestling fans read a headline and instantly, you know, things go up. Who's to say Vince McMahon even did throw a fit? Maybe they thought if they put that in the article, it would draw more views. I, I just, I don't buy it. That he threw, yeah, I don't buy that he threw a fit over Keith Lee. He threw a fit over certain wrestlers' abilities and he has sent certain people back to do certain training with certain wrestlers. Do you really think, you know, Keith Lee's not going to be in a, in a prominent position come WrestleMania? I don't. He's been featured in the network. I'm rambling here to uh, get to the point. <laughs> he's been featured on the network. He's been featured in world title matches. He's been featured in Survivor Series prominent matches. He is a current fixture of Raw. He is the double champion of NXT. Just because he's now wearing a singlet instead of trunks and he's changed his music through no fault of his own does not all of a sudden mean that Vince McMahon thinks he can't wrestle. Oh, this is like the time you tried to tell me Renee Young leaving wasn't the end of the world and look where we are now. COVID happened. And I, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not buying a fucking word you're saying, Mr. McLeod. Uh, but you put it pretty well. You had me, had me fooled for a minute, but I, I remember the past. Uh, speaking of... Uh, you know Renee Young leaving had a big impact on me impact is a wrestling promotion and a lot's going on right down there this continued partnership with AEW continues to roll on week by week so much so we are getting Kenny Omega competing over at Impact Wrestling it will be Rich Swan and the Motor City Machine Guns going up against the team of Kenny Omega Carl Anderson and Luke Gallows. I'm Ross, I'll stick with you with this one. What are your thoughts on this AEW Impact partnership? Do you think it's it's good for both companies? And also, what, this match, like, are you excited for it? Will it make you watch Impact Wrestling? Um, I have taped, like, it's, it's on Free Sports in the UK for anyone that doesn't know. Um, yeah. On, I believe it's shown it's on a Tuesday in America and then from 10 to 12. On a Wednesday in the United Kingdom, it's uh, shown on three sports. So I've taped some, I've watched some, I'm catching up with that. I enjoy it, but it's not anything that grabs me. You know, the, the Impact had this big thing in the summer where who's going to show up at Slammiversary? Who have they got? You know, they've got the. Yeah. He, here's, here's where I have a wee issue with it. The thing that was bringing people back to Impact was the fact that certain people like Carl Anderson and Luke Gallows, people like Rich Swan, people like Eric Young, people like um, EC3, Heath Slater, Rhino, yeah. Kurt Hawkins. You could only see these guys in Impact Wrestling. That's why you went back to watch Impact Wrestling. But then, you know, as soon as they sign Gallows and Anderson, start doing talk, Talking Shop Mania, whatever the hell it is, yeah. and announced that they're going to be in the Tag League in New Japan when it comes back, and they're going to, they're going to do Japan and Impact, and there's going to be partnerships here and there, and now they're doing stuff with they're possibly going to go over AEW and fight the Bucks. That to me dilutes Impact's um, reach because the only reason to watch Impact was the fact that you couldn't see these guys because nothing else on the show has really grabbed me from watching Impact. You know, I liked Eddie Edwards as champion, but it was only for a couple of weeks. Yeah. Sammy Callahan, I quite enjoy, but I can, you know, he's one wrestler. I can, I, I, I can go to ICW. Yeah, it's ICW, he goes there. You know what I mean? So. If I just go to ICW's big shows, I'll see Sammy Callahan there, you know what I mean? So that that's one thing I think that dilutes the partnership for me because AEW, although being the newer promotion, they are the bigger fish. The bigger name at the moment because they have the financial backing. Mm-hmm. And 
the Don Don, Don Collis, Don Callis, <laughs> and Kenny Omega. I seen someone put it perfectly. Uh, what I ordered on Wish, and it's Roman Reigns and Paul Heyman. What I got on Wish, <laughs> Kenny Omega and Don Callis. I'm sorry, but the uh, it is a poor man's Roman Heyman faction, and I'm not for a minute saying. Roman Reigns is a better wrestler, but he's certainly a more entertaining character and I'm more likely to watch that. So, the partnership, I believe, can be good, but I think it's too much, like, it's too much like, oh, look, look, Impact are getting AEW people in. It's like, it should really be the other way about, you know, should we not be excited that people from this promotion that's gone for nearly 20 years are now partnered with this new upstart promotion? It just, it seems up on its head. Mm, I agree with you. I agree with you. Dave, it seems to me like a game of risk is going on because only this week we found out the news that NXT India could be launching as soon as January. Mm-hmm. Um, and NXT Asia is most definitely on the cards for WWE. It seems like AEW, Impact, New Japan, they seem to have a sort of new style territory system going on that they want to th- form almost. Do you think that this partnership between the other promotions outside of WWE could be a direct response to WWE's attempts to m- monopolize the international market. Honestly, I can see why. Like, you know, they've, I think they've caught wind that WWE is looking to expand NXT, you know, much more worldwide. I think there was even talks of like NXT Japan at one point as well, which would be uh, where Kyrie Sane is, uh, was rumored to be an ambassador for it at some point. But I actually, I'm intrigued to see what they do with AEW and Impact because obviously, you know, we're human beings. We can only watch so much wrestling at one time. And my my viewership is mainly dedicated to WWE and AEW. I've not really had a reason to watch Impact until now. I, and, and I see like to the casual viewer of, you know, Impact, you know, where the diehards, you know, would probably watch it every week. But for somebody like me to get uh, hooked on that, yeah. I think need a little bit of influence from some other promotions. Not that that's necessarily a bad thing and it might dilute the product a bit, but you know what, if it, if it piques my interest in Impact, it might actually help me watch it in the future. And this mm. match with Kenny Omega and the Good Brothers against, you know, Rich Swan and Motor State Machine Guns, like, that to me sounds like an in, like a, an indie darling fans, like, dream match. And yeah. you know who this is actually doing a lot of benefit for? Grammy Robbie. <laughs> yeah, him too, but... Uh, I was I was going to say Kenny Omega because I think ah. his position in AEW has been somewhat floundering ever since it launched about a year ago. Like uh, he's, um, I mean, he's had some great matches, you know, with uh, Joey Janela, John Moxley, and you know many others there or thereabouts. But I don't think he's had that that moment to really break out as that world-beating competitor like he was in New Japan. Like this is the guy who won first non-Japanese wrestler to win the G1 Climax, that is a big deal. And I think it's now time for him to be the big deal in AEW. You know, he's he's the world champion now. He's got Don Callis as his manager, and I can see the, the resemblance between Reigns and Heyman and stuff. But the, again, it, it's still early doors for these guys. There's still plenty of opportunity to develop Kenny's character, you know, make him, like, literally make him be AEW's top guy. Mm. And with this... Uh, you know, he, he's done interpromotional stuff before. You know, he's been a part of New Japan. He's been a part of AEW. And I think, you know, having him go over to Impact, you know, it's just going to increase his presence worldwide. And it also puts emphasis on the, this is the AEW's world champion going to multiple promotions, going across the country. And, you know, being, showing why he is 
like a world championship contender and it's bringing that from what he earned in Japan over to a more Western audience. I get what you mean. I think everyone makes good points on this. Um, for the match itself, I think it'll be a good work mm. rate match. My issue with it is who takes the pin and what story do they tell going forward? Because does it really benefit Impact to have AEW champion versus Impact champion happen? Does it really benefit Impact to set up Kenny Omega versus Rich Swan? Because we all know in that situation, Kenny Omega needs to win. And so it damages that company's champion. And I would argue if Kenny Omega doesn't win, it damages Kenny Omega because then it says, oh, their world champion, Rich Swan, a guy who was barely, um, you know, treading water in WWE, is on the same level as Kenny Omega. You know, so it is well. a big. Sorry, no, and you go, Russ. No, I'm just saying it's a big catch right too. Something, yeah, it goes back to like the days of like the 60s and 70s where like WWE champ would face New Japan champ and they'd go to a 60 minute draw. Or yeah. the WCW champ would fight, you know, the NWA champ when they weren't like connected and it would go to a time limit draw and it would be like, like no no one benefited from it because you, you knew that, um, you knew it would just go to a draw. The thing about NXT India, I think, I think the the TNA AEW partnership would work a lot better going up against the rumored NXT India if TNA were still involved with uh, Ring Kaka yeah. over in uh, India. I believe that was the name of the promotion. Yeah. Um, because a lot of their guys like Steiner and Abyss and all that at the time went over to India and that were involved in it, but. NXT India to me is just a way to monopolise a billion people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You don't have to, you know, they did the whole Jinder Mahal partnership, uh, Jinder Mahal main event run mm-hmm. to put eyes. Big time. Yeah, don't, don't, just don't. Universal suffrage. I'll um, help quickly. <laughs> <laughs> what they did, you know, they, they put Jinder Mahal as champion to appease an Indian market because the Indian TV deal was launching. All, not Now all they have to do is give India their own show and all of a sudden and uh, WWE is the only show in India. Yeah. Like, because it's, it's Indian wrestling but it's under WWE's brand and as much as Dave would hate it, I can guarantee you the first NXT Indian champion will be Jinder Mahal. That's the rumours. The rumours that it will be Jinder going over, the Singh brothers will go over, and share Ryan Gallagher's favourite tag team might be going over there as well. Um, Dave brought up the point about NXT Japan. The reason that they're going down the NXT Asia route is because they just failed to acquire a Japanese promotion over there, which was their aim, specifically NOAA, which WWE were very interested in buying. The deal didn't happen, so now they're saying, right, we'll deal with Japan China, that whole Asian sector as a whole, and will set up a performance center in that area. So it looks like that's the route they're going down, and they desperately need it because they can't let the raw ratings sink any lower. That's the story this week. Raw has a, a record low rating, and call me Chris Jericho uh, because they have uh, they have actually lost this week to AEW in the eighteen to forty nine demographic. We're going to get into talking about Raw specifically in a wee minute. Um, Dave, I'll come to you here first. Mm-hmm. Record low numbers for Raw. 
is this something WWE should be worrying about? The rumours are that they will um, react very heavily to this, make some rash decisions, perhaps. Mm, yeah, I can obviously see them making some rash decisions when they see, oh wait, why are people not tuning into our products? You know, we're the we're the big cheese of the wrestling industry. We should be getting millions of viewers every single week, but we're barely scratching two two million here. Uh, I honestly think, you know, because it's Christmas time, you know, there's a bit of a down period. And I think the ratings will start to pick up again once the new year comes around and then we're in Royal Rumble season, which is a very, very popular time for WWE. And it may, this is the, the, the time where they actually can make a new star. So I'm honestly, I'm not that fussed about the, the uh, you know, this little sort of winter dip that WWE is going through. But then again, it's Monday Night Raw's booking hasn't been that great. All in yeah. all, I think they've just sort of been trying to, like, what's the word? Uh, you know, where it's like you just sort of try to skim, th- coast it. Yeah, you try and coast through the end of 2020, given everything that's happened. Like they've had to, yeah. move, they've had to move the Thunderdome to the Tropicana Field, and you know, Vin, you know, there was rumors saying Vince wanted to get audiences back by, you know, Royal Rumble Mania season. But even with you know, the US releasing the Pfizer and possibly the Moderna vaccine this week. Uh, it's still going to be month, like way way past WrestleMania before everybody in the US gets vaccinated. Yeah. So I think at this stage they're just trying to coast through a difficult year, uh, hopefully with a resurgence by the time Royal Rumble comes around. Uh, so Ross, over or under uh, 1,000 references to the fact that AEW beat Raw in that demographic on this week's Dynamite, what do you believe? <laughs> Could you imagine how... How petty people would say it if Vince McMahon came out, you know, back when New Japan, you know, Kenny Omega went in the G1 and all that, and New Japan started on popular in the US. How petty people would think if Vince McMahon came out and went, well, more people watch us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but for the, for the TV ratings, I think, yes, they will be worried because Vince does focus on that when it suits he he still reads a lot into TV numbers whereas like you look back to the 90s the likes of the the ER on the Friends season finales um, they were like the, the most watched the second most watched you know you had Cheers it was like the third most watched finale ever where like 30 million people tuned in live you don't yeah. get that with TV shows anymore you'll get a lot of people tuning in but like things are shown on the west coast at one hour and then sorry the east coast and then the west coast and then you know they, they take into account international sorry they don't take into account international numbers I think um, USA Network will be worried mm-hmm. because they want more people watching that because it is a big deal to them WWE is a big gun you know you've, you've seen it before where you'll have people from this crappy USA Network show sitting in the front row and then yeah. they show a trailer on Raw, they know because that reaches an international audience. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So I think they will be worried about the numbers, but at the same time, it is the winter slump. TV, live TV is going down. Cable subscriptions are going down, what with streaming sites and, mm-hmm. you know, chipped fire sticks and yeah. skyboxes your dad buys for 40 quid. Um, yeah. <laughs> and... Royal Rumble's coming up, that's when the big guns come out. So I think we we get used to this winter slump. The ratings will be poor, but I think WWE will be saying, don't panic, Royal Rumble season's coming up. 
I think, I think the other thing is as well, you know, the US is facing a lot of hardship as well because of COVID. You know, there have been a lot more evictions. There's been unemployment. People have just got a lot less money these days. You know, maybe they've had to sell TVs and stuff. So maybe the, maybe it's outside factors that are contributing to this as well, given that, you know, America's experienced such a financial hardship because of this year. Maybe. I, I just think... Um, like, obviously, a lot of outside factors come into play and changing the times, you know what I mean? They're changing the times. People aren't relying on cable anymore. And WWE just sort of lives in its own wee world as well. Like, it, it, anything in the outside world means nothing. As If Vince doesn't get his ratings, you know, he goes into a hissy fit, much like uh, much like Trump does. Yeah, it's interesting when you, you talk about cable, obviously. One thing that WWE has that AEW does not is its own network, you know, its own streaming service. Streaming is the way to go. You know, there's a reason that so many big companies look at Warner Brothers have recently announced that all their movies that go in cinema will go in HBO Max at the same time. From a cinematic point of view, a lot of network TV stations um, are putting, you know, watching their own streaming services as well for extra content. WWE also has a very big YouTube subscriber rate. And I don't know about you guys, Ross, I know you used to host the Raw Report. Sometimes I only watch Raw through the YouTube clips because I cannot invest three hours of my time at times in a TV show. Like, I just can't. I just can't do it. And you look at, we had the Bray Wyatt attack, the Fiend attack and Randy Orton this week pulled one million views. AEW's top um, hit from Dynamite this week was about 36,000 you know, it's it's a different. In fact, no, I'm going down. They did get one million for Sting, but you would expect a legend like Sting to maybe pull more than that. You know, WWE as a whole more consistent views on YouTube, it seems. But there are things to take into it. I'm not going to diminish it completely though, because I do think that Raw has problems right now, problems that desperately need to be solved in some way, shape, or form, and. I'll say it, I don't think the Pritchard era is working. I don't think Bruce Pritchard no, works for Monday Night Raw. Um, yeah. Smackdown's a different story. The Roman Reigns stuff has been great, but I also think that you've got Heyman controlling a lot of Reigns, what Reigns does over there. You've got Daniel Bryan on the writing team of Smackdown as well, helping to control a narrative over there. I think you need to get rid of Pritchard. And at this point, it would harm NXT, but I don't get why Triple H is not put into a more prominent position of power in the main roster. But anyway, I want to get on to what actually happened in Monday Night Raw, and this comes with a prediction because it's real Lana is out. Lana's out of the TLC match, attacked by my favourite tag team and yours, Nia Jackson, Shayna Baszler. Um, <laughs> she's gone, she's kaput, um, and Asuka will team with a mystery partner at TLC. Um, Ross, what, do you th- what have you thought about the Lana storyline? And who could this mystery partner be? I, I don't know. So I'm just I'm taking. In, I was ready to like answer your questions at the last time. Like, <laughs> what I will say is obviously you said about watching Raw on YouTube. Absolutely. See when uh, before yeah. before I like I have BT in the house now. Now that me and Haley are living together, when she stayed at her own house, if I was at hers when me and Jack were having to record the Raw report. Yeah. She had, she had Sky Go on the Xbox, but didn't have BT. So I watched it on YouTube, right. and I I still do. I still like I was working this Tuesday, and right. on the bus on the way into work, I checked YouTube and I seen what was on Raw, and I seen what interested me, what didn't, and see nine times out of ten, if what interests me it overlaps, what doesn't interest me, I'll wait to get home and watch it. 
Yeah. If not, if it's like three things interest me and seven things do not, I will watch yeah. it and then if I'm wrong, I'll see it on YouTube later. Um, but with the, the whole Lana thing, I honestly, I, I, we've been here before where we're trying to make Lana a star. You know, she's not a liked person. She's not improved in the ring since 2016 when she made her debut. Yeah. She's not, you know, the, the charm of Lana was Rusev and Rusev isn't there anymore. Mm-hmm. You, you know, the, the Rusev day thing, so then they try to offset it and go like, put Lana day, and Lana day didn't exactly set the world on fire. Um, yeah. And then this whole, she's overcoming the bullies and she's telling her story. I can't help but feel this would be a much better story if it was someone people actually liked. And <laughs> I'm sorry, it's just, it blows a life at me. And I thought it was going to come up where it would be someone would have her back and she would beat the bully big girls and she'd be a tag champ and she's like, I've overcome this to become a champion, blah, blah, blah. But then she's been taken out and it's just like, why? Is this just to bring Charlotte Flair back in and then Charlotte Flair and Asuka are going to bicker to each other and then Charlotte Flair and Asuka, I wouldn't mind seeing that as a WrestleMania match. I wouldn't mind seeing that as, a, as long as I, Asuka wins. I would just I, mind, I, I just I just mind them winning the tag titles. If Charlotte Flair comes out of TLC, my draft season is a complete bogey. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I think it's going to be Charlotte Flair. Um, Unless Kyrie Sane's made a miraculous recovery, unless, Ooh. unless I don't know who, who Dana Brooke and um, tell you something, Mandy. Dana, yeah, Dana Brooke and Mandy are their own team, so I can't see one of them breaking up to go team Miaska for a one-off thing. What about the genius of the sky, Io Shirai? Ooh, now that's wishful thinking right there. Uh, but I think what? that's optimistic, given that she's NXT Women's Champion right now. Nice. No, I agree. The titles are cross-branded. You know what I mean. Mm. We've seen Bailey. We've seen Bailey and Sasha take them over all the brands. You could have a, a cross-brand uh, women's tag team champions. Well, you know? And both of you double champions too. Exactly. It'd be a story to tell there. Uh, D- Dave, Dave, do you think it's more likely Charlotte Flair though? And I'm just talking myself in a corner here. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I, I'm sorry, but yeah, I think the obvious choice would be Charlotte Flair and. Mm. But there is actually a reason why it could be Charlotte. Because if you remember six months ago, uh, it was Nia that actually injured Charlotte before yeah. she was then sent off on this hiatus. Like I don't know what the hell she was doing. Like I, she was talking about, you know, maybe getting a role in Hollywood somewhere or another. But um, yeah, the, the most logical sense is that Nia is injured Charlotte, which wrote her off, and now she has a reason to come back and team with Asuka. But I can see these two, Asuka and Charlotte actually becoming the new uh Nia and Shayna. You know, they'll be like the Team Hell No style couple, say, I'm I'm the queen, I'm better than you. And Asuka's like, no, I'm the I'm the Empress, I'm better than you. And I think that's the issue, isn't it? It's 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 the same thing, you know, too quickly after what we've just seen it. And Charlotte Flair has yet to be a tight team champion in WWE. So I think this this would make her uh a triple crown champion yeah. in the process. Like the only thing she'd be missing out on is uh, money in the bank, but that, that's besides the point. Io Shirai would have been very, very wishful thinking because, but I think, you know, Io's got too many solo challengers on NXT at the minute. You know, she's got Tony Storm, she's got Raquel Gonzalez who pinned her at War Games, and then maybe to an extent, you've also got Ember Moon 
in some capacity. So there's plenty of challenges for EO as a singles competitor. I think if you gave her the tag titles, it'd just be like too much to handle, which is why I think I'd be leaning more towards Charlotte. Yeah, I'm going to throw uh, a dark horse out here. Oh, because her team, because Team Shotzi did win at War Games. Candice LeRae is injured, and Raquel Gonzalez was the one that pinned Io Shirai. So, like, with Candice gone and with Raquel Gonzalez basically front runner to face Io Shirai, I think Shotzi Blackheart could be an outside bet. Ooh, I, I, I like that. If you said Dakota Kai, I think I thought you'd have been out your head. But you, Shotzi Blackheart, <laughs> Shotzi Blackheart is a very big dark horse pick, and I wouldn't rule out the possibility. Can you imagine those two coming down on the tank? Like, that would be incredible. Oh, I will be on Central next week bragging to both of you. <laughs> <laughs> you automatically win the sweepstake with that one exactly. introduction. <laughs> I run the sweeps on my fucking rules, all right? <laughs> uh, spe- speaking of NXT, big story coming out of NXT is the evil has risen. Karrion Cross is back on the scene. We've seen Sh- Scarlet at the start of the show. We've seen Damon Priest being a bit of a bastard for a babyface tour. And then Karrion Cross rightfully coming out. <laughs> to battle later on uh, Dave what did you think about this return for Karrion Cross in NXT oh I'm thrilled for it because you know Karrion Cross I think is arguably one of NXT's most dominant competitors he's yet to be pinned mm. he was he became NXT champion so damn quickly I think you know he he debuted at well his main takeover was takeover in your house he squashed Champa. very next yeah. day he beats Keith Lee uh and, you know, he had to deal with his separated shoulder for a few months, unfortunately. But I'm just glad to see him back. And hopefully he can pick up where he left off. Because I can actually see him be the one to take the title off of Balor. But Balor, I think, needs one to defeat one more challenger to give himself a bit more credibility. And that's where I think Pete Dunne comes into the mix. So I think mm. possibly for the WrestleMania takeover, it will be Balor versus Cross. And then Cross can pick up where he left off and be the top guy in NXT starting from a new season. But having Scarlett as his manager, like it just adds that aura about him. Like, mm. you know, this is this is a guy who will bring Doomsday to NXT. Yeah, it does seem to be the way they're going that Bauer will have new opponent you know a couple of other defences before Cross finally goes back for that again but Ross I can't help but feel a bit underwhelmed by the way this happened uh, to be completely honest with you and also I think it's a mistake putting a guy like Karrion Cross back in the mix vacated the title when he left and not putting him for better or worse right up there to the main event slot I feel it diminishes the character a bit am I, am I speaking at a turn here do you think? Damien Priest you will be singing that next time he comes out (laughs) Um, I think had Finn Balor's jaw injury not taken place he would have been absolutely right because Finn Balor would have defended the world title at War Games or Finn Balor may have been in War Games you know plans may have changed Um, at the moment no because with Balor being injured, his title reign has been a bit wah-wah. And, yeah. you know, he... We were waiting on him. He wasn't thrown right into the NXT title picture because, you know, we needed Keith Lee to beat Adam Cole. We needed Walter to be uh, to be UK champion. And he was going to go over to the UK brand and win it at NXT TakeOver Dublin. Um, and then when the injury happened, it was a case of, right, 
we need to do something with Ballard now. So this year hasn't been wasted because we were coming up for, it was September, so Ballard returned in October to NXT. We were coming up on nearly a year of Finn Balor in NXT with nothing to show for it. You know, I'm yeah. a victory over Riddle and Johnny Gargano, like, who cares? Yeah. Um, no, I agree no. So, had Karrion Cross not, sorry, had Finn Balor not got the jaw injury, I think he would have came straight back after Finn Balor. However, I think Finn Balor maybe will hold it to the takeover at WrestleMania. And that's when Karen Cross will make his, his make his intentions known. The, the only good thing here is the gimmick of like TikTok, TikTok. Mm. Like you, you can do that to so many people, and you can have some of them be red herrings. You can have them attack certain people straight away, and you can have them attack other people later down the line. You know because yeah. you don't know when their time's up, and that's the whole gimmick of the TikTok thing. But. Um, Bad news for me, I have Damien Priest and the, <laughs> the ESSR draft. I have uh, the only time I will ever be cheering a priest. Um, and I think <laughs> I, I, I think I think it's a needed feud for Carrion Cross because he has to come back and beat somebody and you know, beating somebody like you know, he beat Bronson Reed on TV, much like when I said about Balor beating Riddle and ba- uh, Riddle and Gargano, who cares? Yeah. You know what I mean. Yeah. And who who else really is up there? You know, he's beating Champa. Champa's the secondary babyface behind uh, Finn. Finn Balor to me. Yeah. Uh, Priest is the third babyface, and then Adam Cole and the rest of the Undisputed Era are just <laughs> and the one would you call it are just yeah. in like the one bracket, so they're at the top stable. So uh, he can't go after Cole without going after the rest of them. He's been after Champa. We un- we underlined why he can't go after Balor, so it's Damien Priest by default. Yeah, definitely. I agree with you. Um, I, th- I think it's it's an interesting point, and it's it's a, a sort of catch twenty two carry across, and I'm happy to see him back. I'd, I'd probably prefer they just kept him off TV. You, you know what know? I think it was. Um, at War Games, they had that spot where they had the vignette and they had that vulture out yeah. on the porch. Like, I think that's kind of what what sparked people's interest. And they think, oh crap, he must be coming back soon then. And then, so people were already expecting it. I think if Cross had just shown up, uh, like on NXT TV, it would have been a much bigger shock. Yeah, I, think I mean, the, be- the best story in NXT is Boa and, 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 and Zia Lee. Oh, um, yeah, I just, I'd never thought I'd be so invested in a storyline oh in Zia Lee. Oh my God, it's incredible. Is it, Ke- is it Kelly Q that people think it is? Is that, is that the wrestler people think is behind it? Uh, I'm, I'm not sure what the, the story is, to be honest. Like, But it does look like it's... Uh, um, this person, this mysterious figure, it seems to be a female competitor, but uh, I honestly couldn't tell you who Kelly Q is off the top of my head. Uh, she was in the Mae Young Classic um, and people are suspecting it could be her. They're also suspecting who is the older Japanese female wrestler um, Oh, the one who was competed. on NXT UK? Yeah. No, she's, I think the, she's with NXT UK. I'm not, I don't think it'll be her. Uh, there's, I'm really interested in it. Whoever it turns out to be, that's the storyline I'm most invested in. The world's invested in Sting, uh, as Ross said. Uh, <laughs> the duality of part timers. You know, sometimes you boo them, sometimes you cheer them. Everyone seems excited about Sting this week. Uh, he was in the ring with you guessed it, 
Cody in his 17th segment of Dynamite that week. Uh, <laughs> 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 Ross, I'll stick with you. He had an interaction with Cody. He was like, Cody, I know you know everything going on here, but with Sting, you know, everything's unpredictable. Uh, he said, I am signed with AEW. I plan on being close to the AEW fans and in this promotion for a long time. I plan on spending a lot of time right here, but the way I choose to play is my business. See you around, kid, he said. Sting versus Cody, I'm actually interested in it all. No, don't like Cody Rhodes. No. <laughs> um, absolutely not. No. Um, I don't have any interest in a Sting match, not because I don't like to see Sting wrestle. I do. I really, really do. I want to see Sting back in the ring. I want to see... I want Ring Sting. But unfortunately, <laughs> Ring Sting is evading me because because of his injury like you know yeah if WWE aren't going to clear him and you know years you know, what was it 2015 uh, mm-hmm. Seth Rollins and the, the buckle ball yeah. and then the, the table spot I mean the fact that he was even doing those spots anyway was ridiculous at that age um, but you know if it's five years later and WWE still won't clear you I, yeah. I think you know I know people are like oh well I still want to wrestle I really do think if WWE who Let's face it, they have had some questionable decisions in making people wrestle before. Yep, yep. If they are going to tell you, look, we cannot have you wrestle, you are, an, you are a risk to yourself and others. Mm. I really do think, you know, because Daniel Bryan said it for years, I'll go to Ring of Honor, I'll go to Impact. You know, if it was nowadays, he could go to AEW. I think, yeah. should, should he go somewhere else and should they let him wrestle? I really do find that a bit, a bit distasteful. Yeah, very and, questionable indeed. Yeah, and I've, I've not got an interest in seeing Cody, Cody Rhodes versus, you know, Sting. I don't have any interest in many things, Cody Rhodes. You know, this is not me hating on AEW. I yeah. just, I don't think Cody just Rhodes... Just hating on Cody Rhodes. <laughs> I, 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 just, I, I don't think he's as good as it makes out. Like... If Dave Meltzer isn't spunking his draws at him and giving him five star <laughs> matches, what, what, what does that tell you? Aye. He, I get you. He, 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 he simultaneously wants to do new wrestling and at the same time redo WCW. It's like you can tell that was the Bucks, and then you can go, that was Cody Rhodes. That was definitely Cody Rhodes. <laughs> Aye. That's the thing. Well, I think there is a duality to. AEW where it's just they, they spin a narrative and they'll say this is new this is exciting this is hip and then no it's not you know like, like there's certain things about it where it just it just isn't um, this is new this is exciting this is hip here comes Ann Anderson it's yeah. old it's not exciting out of my hip here's Billy Gunn <laughs> and another oh, battle oh, whoa, 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 whoa. let's not have a go at Billy Gunn he's an <laughs> no, ass I'm man Billy Gunn. <laughs> <laughs> look at all he's got <laughs> <laughs> moving on to yeah. Smackdown Dave we did have that match uh, Sasha Banks versus Carmella mm-hmm. looks like the women's title feud will continue into TLC just a brief question did you like what the, you've seen from this match this, is, is this showing of it and would you like to see a stipulation added uh, for their TLC encounter? Uh, yes, uh, you know, I mean, as, as much as I first thought, oh, wait a minute, is this punishment uh, for Snoop Dogg draft uh, diverting mm. to AEW now? Because have they just taken Sasha and the SmackDown Women's title match off of TLC? But if they're still going to go ahead with it at the pay-per-view, then, you know, what, fair play to them. And But 
my issue with TLC at the minute is they've only got two t- tables, ladders, and chairs matches. And I know that sounds sounds like I'm being greedy here, but usually at TLC, they did a, a TLC match, a tables match, a ladders match, and a chairs match. Um, yeah. I could possibly see this being a, a chairs match. You know, no disqualifications. They can just go ham on each other where you maybe throw in a champagne bottle if you must. But I, I'm genuinely shocked that, you know, until Lana, before Lana got pulled from the, the women's tie title match, I'm genuinely mm. shocked that that match wasn't booked as a tables match because it had just come full circle about everything that's happened with Lana getting put through the tables. But going back to Sasha and Carmella, like this is actually, I think it's actually a really good feud for Sasha, uh, given mm. what she's just done with Bailey. Yeah. I, I think if she's going to be carrying the SmackDown women's title all the way to WrestleMania, and if we believe the possibility that Bailey could win the SmackDown women's rumble, uh, then I think this is a really, this would be a really good feud to you know solidify Sasha as a top contender. But at the same time, you could pull off a swerve and have this newly reinvigorated Carmella uh, carrying herself around as the heel champion, with Sasha maybe regaining it at a later stage. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, where I could see Carmella taking the title at TLC, even for a brief run. I would enjoy it um, because she's on my draft team, but I also could genuinely see it happening uh, for a brief period because I don't think you debut a new character like Carmella has only to have her, you know, immediately lose at her first pay-per-view. You know, I feel whatever good she did with rebranding Carmella goes out the window if you take that approach, Ross. Do you agree with that? Do you think it would be smart booking to have Carmella maybe go on a, a small title run uh, before Mania um, only for you know Sasha to win it back or do you think you know Sasha should retain it TLC um, it's a bit of a double edged sword uh, I think heels if they're not like big giant monster heels which Carmella is not she's a crafty heel <laughs> I think she she wouldn't be affected as much and I think that's because um the crafty heels always get the one up on TV because they can attack them before matches, after matches, etc., etc. Yeah. DQ wins and sneakiness. But then when they get in the ring, the good guy triumphs. I don't think that harms it. Yeah. I think it would actually harm Sasha more because I, I think she needs to hold the title all the way to WrestleMania if we're going to do Bailey and Sasha. And by the way, if we're going to do Bailey Sasha WrestleMania, I'm on record as saying. Do it now. Do it this year. Don't wait yeah. for a bigger crowd. You had your time for your bigger crowd at WrestleMania 34. They were both in the Battle Royal. 35, they were on a tag team. You know, 36, no crowd. You know, we've waited four years. Get it done. Get it done this year. Um, if Sasha loses... Done, big, you know, make that a big stipulation, like no holds barred match as well. Iron yeah, Man. exactly. Like, re try and recapture that magic they had in NXT you know make it an Iron Woman match and I think if you if you have that match as soon as the draft happens or the shake up or whatever we can call it after Wrestlemania they're both on separate brands and they're there for a while none of the Survivor Series crossover none of that they are they are separated um, yep. but I think just a wee a fantasy booking that's not about my head if Carmella wins I think Bailey should cost her. I think Sasha should win the Rumble, and then maybe Bailey wins the title from Sasha eh, from Carmella, maybe about February March time. Yeah, 
mm-hmm. and then have you know Sasha's you know teetering she go after and Asuka she's she's never beaten Asuka in a title match you know properly one on one never pinned her well she go after Asuka you know it's all the intrigues there and then Bailey comes out I'm going to hold this forever like I did the last time and then Sasha gone actually you've got X amount of days I'm taking it at risk being or Carmella wins right <laughs> Bailey costs Sasha Bianca Belair wins the Women's Rumble Whoa. Carmella versus Bianca for the Smackdown title at Wrestlemania <laughs> Bailey versus Sasha in a loser leaves Smackdown last women standing match at Wrestlemania See, there's so many possibilities and I think um, see see something I think that's good if they don't have Bianca win the Rumble this year hmm. if she ever win the Rumble then she wins the title and the, the, the thing for the fact that there is no mid-card feuds or non-title feuds or no mid-card title in the women's division when someone loses the women's title and is not in the women's title picture they drop off and yeah. they drop off hard I think if Bianca Belair doesn't win it this year but wins it next year she can keep plugging away like any wins or losses are not detrimental and then you can hopefully yeah because if you know she's a tremendous athlete she's a tremendous wrestler you know the gimmick of the fastest strongest bestest uh, I think you don't want her to have that big moment against someone like Carmella and that's not disrespect to Carmella but she's not one of the big ones even it doesn't yeah. have to go on a four horseman it could have been Asuka it could have been Shayna it could have been Alexa Bliss who's a <laughs> tremendous heel um, yeah. and you don't want it to be overshadowed by Sasha Bailey the final chapter mm. big ain't you Interesting Bian- stuff. Bianca Belair's time will come. I-, I just think, you know, there's there's way too much star power still on SmackDown that they could easily have a- another Bailey Sasha match at WrestleMania. But if they, well, I'm not sure if they'll do the Women's Battle Royal again this year, obviously because of COVID. But I think either way, Bianca Belair needs to have a good showing in the Royal Rumble or WrestleMania or both. Because uh, she-, she needs to be yeah. a contender. Get a feud for Mania, even if it's not Carmella, get a feud with um, a returning Sonia Deville. You know, that would be a class match, I think. Bianca versus Sonia. Why not have her just win the Battle Royal and have the Battle Royal actually mean something this year? Because something to me I always think about is the the Andre Battle Royal and the Women's Battle Royal Mm. should always lead to a title match. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Why wouldn't it? I mean, that's a, you know, I mean, sure they get the big trophy and stuff, but get at least give them a, like a title opportunity at say the next pay per view, you know, backlash or whatever. Like, yeah, it, it, the stuff writes itself. No, I agree with you. I agree with you. Um, but all interesting points. We need to see how it shakes up at TLC. But that is the end of Central for this week. What do you think? Tweet us at Suplex Retweet. Tell us what you think the SmackDown Women's title plans are for WrestleMania and beyond. Talk to us about all the topics we've discussed today. Join the ESSR Community Gate page on Facebook. Join us. Follow us on Instagram. Follow us anywhere. Is there a Reddit? There should be a Reddit. You know, let's, let's get something done about that. Uh, thank you to my guest, David Hockney. Thank you for uh, being here once again. Yeah, thank you very much, Go, and uh, good job having you in the hosting chair. And Ross, good to, see, good to see you here again. It looks like you could finally win the draft this season. Is that something that you've wanted to accomplish for a while? Much like um, Rangers sitting very comfortably at Christmas, 
I will make no comments because I've been here before. I've seen this movie before, and um, <laughs> I love that. Winter break trips to Dubai make or break me, my friend. And uh, <laughs> Gary's Gary's taking the team bus to Dubai as we speak. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> I love it. Well, guys, thank you very much for listening. We will see you later on. This is an enthusiastic advert for Quiz Showdown Six. Merry Christmas, you filthy animals! Hi, my name's Daniel Campbell, I'm the host of Quiz Showdown, and since it's Christmas time, we're going to do a Christmas special called Merry Christmas, You Filthy Animals. See Ross McLeod defend his championship against six of ESSR's finest in a Christmas-themed wrestling quiz, where there will be laughs, hilarity, and fun. That was an enthusiastic advert for Quiz Showdown 6, Merry Christmas, You Filthy Animals, coming December 21st.